We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. But uh, welcome in, everybody. Welcome in. We appreciate you so much. It is Tuesday morning, 6th of December. God, we're flying by. There's not much time left this season, and it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall, and joined by on these morning shows every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday morning over on Mahai Huddle, Scott Kennedy out there in Atlanta. Scott, is it still raining on you? Are you building an ark yet? What's going it's on? It's still raining. The animals are lining up in twos in my driveways. Oh. It's it's one of those seasonal times where it rains for about 48 hours. It doesn't rain overly hard, mm-hmm. you know, but it's it's it just constant rain. Yep. rain. It's not one of those storms where, you know, you're watching things go floating down the street, which happens. Yeah. <laughs> there goes a launcher. But it's, uh, <laughs> it is it is raining pretty good. Well, uh, make sure you say if you're out here in Seattle, we get pretty constant, just kind of like a hazy, misty rain. It's like living in a cloud uh, from November through March. Yeah. And it's really dark, um, but uh, <laughs> we're living with it. We're OK. And uh, yeah, no, excited to talk a little bit of Broncos today. Look ahead to the future because, gosh, it's getting tired of looking back on these games. It's I mean, the same game every week. Um, I guess we'll rehash on it a little bit. Anything after digesting, you know, yesterday's conversation, hanging out with the. Uh, Zach and Chad, any other thoughts on the game uh, that that came from it? Anything that stood out? Like, you know, what? I didn't really make this point that I thought we deserved uh, deserved to dig into. No, it just it feels like, you know, again, it just it, I, I hash back to it's like we we talked offensive line so much that now we've just kind of assumed the offensive line is bad. Now we're kind of looking at everything else, mm-hmm. you know. And and Russell Wilson's play hasn't been very good. Is that a factor of Russell Wilson? Is it a factor of the coaching staff? Is it a factor of a poor offensive line? Yes, it's a factor of all of it. Yeah. Um. You know. But you, you ask yourself, you you've got him for at least one more year, and then you know if it's only one more year, then you're taking a huge dead cap hit to only have him one more year. So it's, it's a, it's a crutch. So you've got to do some things to, to get him right because he's not right. He's not right. Now, is that all on if, how much of that's on Russell Wilson? Well, we need to find out Yeah. because you, you, that's the constant you've got Russell Wilson, at least next year, you're hoping he plays well. And the, I mean, that's why you traded for him. You know, right now the, all the discussion, Nick is how do we get out from under this contract? What can we do for, you know, but, you traded for him to try and get Russell Wilson. You need that guy. You need him to come back to being at least, you know, a top half quarterback in the NFL. You're paying him top five. 
He yeah. needs to at least be a top half. Yeah, and all this all this conversation really comes back to you know Russell Wilson's play on the field, but and we can judge that because we can see it. Now you can make excuses for what's around him and whatnot, but the conversation as far as scheme, how much is Nathaniel Hackett versus how much is Russell Wilson's input and in what he wants to do? I mean, there's been reports that he, you know, brought a playbook, a play designs to Seattle, and they had like not laughed him out of the room but said, now we're not doing that. And now he has a lot of input going on. Is this a Hackett scheme? Is this a Wilson scheme? Is it a bastardized version of both? I mean, it's it's ugly right now, but I think unless we, and we'll never know this because you'll get answers from different answers from different people, depending on where their allegiances lie and who their sources are. But uh, that's a big question um, for, and if it's more Russell than Hackett, I mean, what are you doing there? And the other thing is the locker room dynamic. You're going to hear the, you know, very good, you know, face on that kind of stuff. But is that the reality? Uh, is is he detached from the locker room? Does he have buy-in from the locker room? So those factors as well, on top of the play on the field, might really heavily influence uh, what we see next week. And it'd are you, nice are you there, some, kind of first? It'd be nice to see some good plays so we would yeah. know. That's yeah. how you can tell. It's like, I, watched this, I watched this kid in high school, and he was a complete D-bag. I mean, he was just uh, he just was not a good person. Yeah, I watched him. I think he scored either five or seven touchdowns in this game. He was a quarterback. He was an option quarterback, and he ran and scored. And I, I kept the camera on him after every one because after every single touchdown, no one even acknowledged that he existed. He was a ghost walking off all the way mm. to sit down on the bench while the defense was on there. They hated him. <laughs> I mean, the coaches didn't congratulate him. Stevens didn't hate him. That's when you can tell. You know, when something goes wrong, you might get a tap on the helmet. You know, you'll see a bunch of guys, especially a kicker misses it. You know, you'll see a yeah. bunch of guys come, hey, it's okay. You'll see that. But who's celebrating with him? You know, the, yeah. the only, I think the only Atlanta Falcon I ever actively rooted against in my entire life was D'Angelo Hall. I saw him pick six, return it for a touchdown. I was like, yeah, yeah, oh no, it's him. <laughs> and he, he, you know, he's doing some sort of dance in the end zone by himself. You know, the me, me, me thing. One of the defensive linemen started walking up to him to like congratulate him and like just turned around and walked off. You know, the the, the entire team just kind of left. Yeah. It's like that's you know, it's the good plays, but there's been no success. We yeah. can't tell. There's been some, you know, a good throw. You know, you get a the the lineman will, you know, congratulate you. And how does it go when you when you you know watching Tom Brady last night? You know, that entire team was with Tom Brady. Uh, when they when love he threw that game winning touchdown, you know, they love him. watch how did how does the, how do the Tampa Bay Broncos feel about Tom Brady? Watch how they respond when he does well. They want to share that with the moment. We don't know that because we don't see any success. Yeah, and to be fair, I don't think that players in the locker room actively dislike Russell Wilson to the point that, like he's a giant you know jerk. But it does seem like there's just this major detachment, you know, like he's an alien, you know, like speaking different language kind of mm -hmm. thing, and just. I don't know. Um, we'll see how it plays out. And uh, let's say hello to some people in the chat here. want to say hello. We got a co good comment coming in here from Wayne Weathersby saying uh, 21 players in the IR plus a new system plus a new quarterback. There's a lot to overcome. People should remember that Kyle Shanahan was four and 12. His first six and 10 season was the second season. So there's a learning curve. Definitely a learning curve. You're right on that. I would say that the biggest thing on that is, God, who was the quarterback of that 49ers team when they were four and 12? Was it one that you traded a boatload of picks and was considered a future hall of famer. And did it look like this offensive output? I mean, 
that's the thing. I mean, this all this defense is good enough to have you. If you had an, let's say this Broncos had an average offense so far, what would they be? You know, seven wins, eight wins. Well, and that's, that's the thing, Wayne. And what I wanted to point out, getting back to the, um, you know, how much of this is they can't do what they want to do because the offensive line is so bad. You know, the scheme, scheme, shmeme. I, I can't run my scheme. I can't do anything because the offensive line won't let me. That's part of it too. That's part of the question too. But as far as this goes, Wayne, this wasn't a rebuild. You know, if you, if you traded away, three picks and did all this stuff for to trade up in the first round to get a quarterback. Okay. You know, we, we did this because we're, we're going to have a rookie quarterback and we're building for the future. You don't, you don't go and trade and make this investment financially and draft capital wise for a three year or four year rebuild. That's not your, your window is we we've got three years to do this. Now we've got the team. Now that's the problem. That's why heads are going to roll after this season. This isn't a, we're building for 2025. This isn't the Atlanta Falcons who go seven and 10 last year and are sitting at five and eight this year, but are geared towards 2023 to move forward. Uh-uh. This was Super Bowl or bust, my man. And that was all the talk coming out of Dove Valley. And that's why heads are going to roll. And that's why there's so much disappointment. Yeah. And just for clarification, Kyle Shanahan's first year, they went six and 10, 2017. Uh, and their quarterback for most of the uh, for much of the year was Brian Hoyer. So that's I mean, again, it's hard to you can't do one for one, but there's definitely excuses for Russell Wilson and we'll see how it plays out. Um, and we're also going to see how the, the variables change. And if he's not playing at a top 15 level next year and there's still questions about you know the locker room fit and everything, then it'll be rough. And a lot of Russell Wilson's future here, I think, is going to depend on what happens with George Payton. Uh, if George Payton is here, I think you're much more likely to see this team invest heavily in the infrastructure around Russell Wilson. If it's a new general manager and a new head coach, you could see the Broncos move some of that salary cap around on Russell Wilson, load some of those guarantees up on next season with the salary cap space that you have. And then I think that would lower some of the dead cap hit potential if you did post June 1st, him because you there's a certain amount of guarantee that has to be accounted for in the salary cap. If you put that up on next season, it's less over the next few years so yeah you you can take you can take remaining salary that's owed any that remaining that's guaranteed it's owed and pay it off as a signing bonus right then you can just give them a raise we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You know, you can you can do all those things. But again, people like, why don't they, <laughs> why don't we, I was seeing some of the comments, we'll just, we'll go get Baker Mayfield. We'll talk Baker Mayfield. There's a question here. We'll yes. get Baker Mayfield and we'll just have Russ restructure his quarterback, his contract, and we'll be good. You know, we'll, we'll get cheaper. I'm like, yeah, sure. Why don't you just have Russ give back all of his money and take a walk? It doesn't work like that. So what Nick is talking about is actually, giving Russell Wilson a significant raise and paying him more money next year so he can take a hike in 2024. So that's the restructure you're talking about is giving him more money, giving him more money sooner so that you can get out from under his contracts and we're paying it off early, basically, because you've got a high interest loan on your car and I want to pay it off early in cash um, is what he's talking about there. There, the, the bill comes due one way or another. So yep. there is no the, – the restructure, what you've talked about, is either – and we'll talk about some of these guys that when we go through restructuring, you've got the leverage. You restructure guys that you have leverage with or that you want to keep around for multiple years. You don't have any leverage with a guy that you've got guarantees owed to. None. Mm-hmm. And good morning, Mark. We appreciate you being here. Mark. Thank you for the stars breaking the ice for us this morning. Glad you're here with us today on a wet and soggy Tuesday morning. It's uh, cold here. Uh, that's for sure. We've had a lot of winter weather. And uh, it, again, I'm not advocating that the Broncos should do that. But I think if they move on from George Payton and you have a general manager and a head coach here that were not part of the bringing in Russell Wilson, I think it's an avenue that could potentially hurt the Broncos more in 2023, no doubt. And, but make it so it's easier to move on from them in 2024, 2025, because those dead cap hits would, would lower. Um, so again, avenues, um, I, again, not advocating for it, but it's, it's out there in the, you know, multiverse of things that could happen. So uh, let's say hello to some more people in here. Good to see you, Mark. We appreciate you coming in as always, Kevin Gray. Good morning, Broncos country, Nick and Scott. I've been a fan since 68. I've seen some really bad teams. This will get better. Denver Broncos for life. Absolutely. It'd be hard for the, uh, and it, it'd be hard to get worse because we're not being rewarded for a worse ne- this year, which stinks right now. The Broncos are sending the number three overall pick to the Seattle Seahawks uh, because of the strength of schedule. The Rams and the Broncos both lost both those teams. Actually teams picking three, four, five don't own their picks, which is hilarious. I mean, not all hilarious. playoff teams that own their picks. Yes. Yep, it's uh, rich get richer, and the Broncos, at least the Broncos traded for a quarterback, unlike the Saints who traded up for a wide receiver. Uh, (laughs) Terrible uh, practice, but um, you have the Broncos picking three right now. You have a chance for them to drop because you have some winnable games. The Chargers are vulnerable. Uh, They are, I mean, they're much better than the Broncos, but they're vulnerable. 
Um, and it would be really nice to play spoiler for them the last game of the season. And I don't think this Cardinals team or this Rams team coming up are very good either. But the Broncos went from the fourth pick to the third pick because of the strength of schedule. I know that there's like head-to-head and stuff and playoffs. There's only one tiebreaker in draft order, and that's strength of schedule. Now, if you have the same strength of schedule, then it goes into, I think, the conference strength of schedule. Uh, but the first one is strength of schedule. The Chiefs lost a bunch of the NFC West teams won. So the Rams strength of schedule got higher. They fell below the Broncos. So Broncos are now giving them the third pick, unfortunately. Bama <laughs> X, good good morning to you, Bama X. Good to see you. Alabama Chagreen coming in here saying, can we get a second round pick for Justin Simmons? I don't know if you can get a second round pick for Justin Simmons, given his age at 30 years old and his contract. Uh, but also he's not super tradable with his contract right now. I think if the Broncos are horrible again, uh, come trade deadline next year, you know, let's say they're sitting there with two wins. I think potentially you could talk about a Justin Simmons, you know, two, three, two third round picks, maybe a second, if you send back a fourth or something like that. And safety is also a position that doesn't typically fall off a cliff as much uh, at, at that age 30 mark. You know, like we're seeing cream Jackson at what is he? 35, 36. He's fallen off pretty hard. But Simmons, I think, would still have another four or five good years out there. So maybe you could get a second for him. But I don't think it's coming this offseason. If anything, it's this team is horrible again next year. And they trade him at the trade deadline. Yeah, he's third. He'll be 30 next year. He seems so young. He's so he just he doesn't seem like he's that old. He seems like a kid out there for me for some reason. Maybe because I'm so old. But he's uh you know, he's got an 18 million dollar. He's got a very similar number to Garrett Bowles, 18 and 10. 18 cap, 18 cap hit, 10 dead cap hit with one year left on his contract uh, next year. That's, could you get a second? Not for that money. Probably not. You'd have to eat a bunch of that money to send him on, uh, restructure, pay him off his, pay off any of his guarantees in the form of a bonus, lower his base salary down to five. And then you probably could, then then you probably could get a second form, but you'd have to eat some of that money. Yep. hundred percent. Uh, we got Luke Wright coming in here saying, good morning, Nick and Scott, my favorite MHH duo. We appreciate you so much for saying that, Luke. Uh, getting our heads bigger on here. We're going to have to get widescreen cameras uh, to Dude, fit these Lord, on here. Not any bigger. I need a taller screen for sure. Uh, we got Kyle heads. coming don't, don't in. Don't talk about big heads around here. I'm getting sensitive, man. Kyle coming in. Uh, we appreciate you. It looks like he's got Teddy Bridgewater, a picture there with the Vikings, uh, is what I can tell. Number five with the, the purple horns. Saying from afar, Wilson needs a run game to succeed. Welcome, Kyle. Kyle grab a seat um, and welcome to the narrative that are the uh, a little louder for those in the back. Yeah, God, this is that <laughs> I, I, from afar. Obviously, I haven't been listening to the show, but this is something I've been screaming on this show since week three of the season. Being like Russell Wilson is a play action quarterback, deep shot quarterback who struggles in the quick game. There's limited yak opportunities because of his ball placement in the quick game. So, how do you open that up? Uh, if you are a good enough, efficient run team, you don't have to be elite Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees in the quick game because you can get yourself good opportunities and force the defenses into looks where you have a higher probability of hitting those home run balls. So that's where we're at right now. Uh, right now, this running game is anemic. It's not just the offensive line. Offensive line is you know 70% of the run game success. It's probably maybe 65 because how good your quarterback is also <laughs> impacts the run game because of how much the resources you're dictating, blah, blah, blah. But the Broncos offensive line is struggling to get push up front. The running backs are horrible, just absolutely terrible running back room. Running backs you can find anywhere. This year I think is going to test that theory. You know, when you're down to your, was it fourth string guy, fifth string guy picked off of practice squads, 
yeah, maybe we do need a running back. Uh, and the, the wide receivers are horrible too, not dictated in any space. There's, there's lots going wrong here. We're dealing yeah. with a lot of, you know, I love, uh, love that line in, in, in uh, Bull Durham. Have you seen Bull Durham at least? Yes. Yes. yes okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The, 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 the mound scene is one of the best scenes in sports. Um, with Kyle coming in, I wanted to do this since I, I spent a little time putting some graphics in here. I uh, just want to give an update on our super chat rankings going into last night. And I don't think the top five changed. Uh, there will be a jersey of your choice for those who finish in the top five, get a raffle and get chosen. And Deanna and F.A. came in huge in November and have just kept it going in in uh, December for us, headed into the holiday season. And Naj, some of our some of our uh, longtime friends and Jamil has been in for a while, came in with a big baller super chat. And Ethan, as always, and you can see some of the folks just outside of the top 10, Aaron, Luke, Chris Hernandez. GP, Gary Palmer, Matt Dog, Chris Chances, Clinton Watson, et cetera, et cetera. We appreciate all of you for coming in. And Kyle, thank you for breaking the ice on the Super Chats coming in for uh, YouTube. Because then RJ has come in also. Says, morning, guys. How would you feel about taking a flyer on a guy like uh, Tonga Vailoa or Sam Hartman with a day three pick? I would not be about Sam Hartman. I don't think he's got the requisite arm talent. He doesn't pass the eye test in terms of pushing the ball. Uh, I think you're getting, you know, Brett Rippon kind of quarterback sense. Seems like a great guy, but his numbers are very much uh, part of a an offense that would not fly in the NFL uh, at Wake Forest. There was Sam Hartman. Uh, Tagaviola, Tua's brother, I think does pass the eye test. Uh, he has enough uh, arm talent uh, to push the ball. We'll see. Um, I'm I think the Broncos have to take a quarterback to replace Brett Rippon. Um, you might have to pay a quarterback too, which is frustrating. Uh, somebody like Jacoby Brissett to come in and in case Russell Wilson stinks again, or he gets injured, you don't feel that you have to, uh, play him. Like, I feel like maybe they kind of felt like they had to this season. So, uh, I'm out on Sam Hartman. Uh, Tug is interesting. I saw that also because of NIL. We're getting the college football again. College football is crazy. The transfer portal is unbelievable right now. Uh, but because of NIL, I saw Jim Nagy, um, who is the director of the Senior Bowl, mentioned that a bunch of quarterbacks that they were expecting to come out this year are going back to school because they have that not only NIL, but also that six year due to the sick bug uh, mm -hmm. that year that didn't count for college football. So Michael Penix. He was a quarterback that we had eyes on um, was awesome this year for Washington, for the Huskies out here playing two miles down the road from me uh, is uh, going back to school. I think maybe Jaden Daniels might be going back. Anthony to school. Richardson is coming out though. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather emergency or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Anthony Richardson's Which was out. a bit of a surprise because if there was any of them that could use another, a little more seasoning, yep. um, I, I want him to go to a place because he's going to be a high pick. I want him to be a place where they can Trey Lance him. I agree. You know, if, if you're stuck with Matt Ryan's contract with any – Denver, for that matter, if he falls to 25 and you take him with the 49ers pick, that would be awesome. You know, you're, you've got your quarterback for 2023. Let this guy learn for a year um, and, and, and become a pro. 
and be ready for 2024. That would be an ideal situation, a place like that, or the Colts with Matt Ryan. If you're stuck with him for one more season with his contract, uh, would be, uh, that would be an ideal situation. Cause he's not a, he's not an NFL ready quarterback. He just doesn't yeah. have the throwing accuracy right now. Appreciate thing, you, RJ. I appreciate you, RJ. I think the thing about the Broncos taking a first-round quarterback this season is it's a writing-on-the-wall move for Russell Wilson, and you are going to burn up the biggest cheat code in NFL team building right now, which is that rookie cost-controlled quarterback. I think this is a year too early for the Broncos to take a first-round quarterback if you have eyes on Russell Wilson. But because he's there. If Anthony Richardson is there, you if he's and, you're already, and you've already made the decision we're going to move on in 2024 – Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm not saying just, yes. I'm saying yeah. maybe, maybe I, my point still though, is I think it's a year too early because mm. you are going to use up three years of that rookie cost controlled quarterback because of the dead cap hit. I think this is more of a year to build the infrastructure around the offense. And then 2024, 2025, we'll have a conversation, more of a conversation. That's just my opinion. Now, if he's there and you love him, you take him. that's it's it's different yeah it's um, a conversation that's that's yeah. the point it's not a definite hell no what are you guys talking about yeah it's a it's a it's a conversation to be had for sure yeah and just a side note real quick something to watch for you college football fanatics out there does sound like there's some potential tampering going on right now with uh quarterback number two in next year's class in uh, drake may at north carolina he's getting a lot of love he's not caleb williams but he's really talented he's playing at north carolina Sounds like there's some SEC teams that are like, hey, Drake, you look pretty good on our team, uh, mainly the <laughs> big two dogs in the SEC in Alabama and Georgia. If that happens, there's so going to be hypocritical. It's just so hypocritical. I just love it. It's yeah. all so dirty. All yeah. of it. Yeah. And they've been exploiting these guys for billions of dollars yeah. for generations. And they're yep. up. Then they're gonna get upset with a phone call. Come on, man! Bunch of babies. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. I'm wondering if it's gonna tip the scales as far as the ACC. Like they have a limit, uh, due to some agreement that how much they can pay players, and the NIL and the SEC doesn't. And some ACC the salary teams, cap. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's probably coming up at some point or something. Adam coming in saying, "What's up, dudes? Good morning. Good to see you, Adam. Ryan coming in. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Curious to see if this new ownership." handles this come uh, this mess come off season. They're going to do something. We'll see. Uh, Penner does sound like he wants to get more involved. So Nick, I, I think it's mean? kind of funny that the criticism, the ownership has come under this year for this mess. What the hell has the ownership had to do? I mean, yeah. it's like, Oh, this, this ownership is trash. This is the ownership fault. They should be stepping in and doing all these things. I mean, there's six months into owning this team. If that, yeah. wouldn't they take over? It, hadn't the season just about started September three, four months. Or come in and wipe everything clean. Come on, guys. Let's. This is something that they're going to own. They want to own for fifty years. Yeah. Little patience. That's what they're showing. That's kind of what you want. Write the checks and keep your mouth shut. That sounds like a good owner to me. And as crazy as it sounds, like we, I like you know, eight games for a quarterback. You know, a season or two for a head coach. Kind of just getting the sample size. We're probably talking like a decade to understand the tangible evidence of good or bad ownership. So uh, unless they do something that's really, really stupid, um, then yeah. we can talk I mean, about we, that. We can see what bad ownership looks like. I mean, would you rather have him up there? I don't know that I want Jim Irsay up there the way he's been behaving so far this year. You know, no. I mean, he's the one that's like releasing the the injury reports on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. But hey, it's his team. 
he's involved for better or for worse. Ed West, good morning, Broncos country, Nick and Scott. Good to see you. Greg Smith, our guy. Good morning to you, Greg. Uh, no emojis this time. What's going on? I hope you're okay. Dom, good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. Hopefully we can get two wins out of these next five because no more Broncos football after one seven twenty three. But go dogs. Ohio State going down. Denver Broncos for life. That'll be a fun game, no doubt. It does sound like Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver, probably a first-round pick, is not going to play. It he's doesn't sound at- like he's out. Yeah, there he- isn't a he's, – he's not playing. Yep. And a lot of people made, I saw a headline that made it sound like he was skipping it just because of the draft. He was advised I know. And by then I read it. He says, I want to be out there, but my hamstring's been bothering me. And the doctors have basically said, don't play. You've got to get better. I'm like, nice headline, assholes. I know. That one language. really ticked me off. That one, that was <laughs> total clickbait. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam also saying, I've never seen any football team play a season where every game looks the same. Yeah. It's uh, Groundhog's Day. I think I titled one of the episodes Groundhog's Day, uh, maybe even yesterday. Days run together. Patrick coming in. Do you think Mayfield will be picked up? I don't know. Um, I, I kind of may put a joke out there that maybe the Broncos should do some 4D chess kind of stuff and pick up Mayfield to keep him going from the 49ers. And then some people will be like, what do you mean? For, Mayfield would be worse than the 49ers. Then Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. I guess it's possible, but uh, Brock Purdy is a pretty limited quarterback out there. But uh, we'll see. I don't think the Broncos will pick up Mayfield. Um, do I think he will be picked up? Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, I, you look around at some of the quarterbacks in this league. It's a, it's some, there's some God awful quarterback play in the NFL right now. And Baker Mayfield's better than a lot of guys that were suiting up this weekend. Now, do you, again, it goes back to what does he want to do? You know, he's made a ton of money and would never have to work again. If he doesn't want to, do you want to be a backup or do you, I know he's got some interest in some, in some, in uh, the production world. I know he's, you know, he's looking into diversifying some of the, his revenue streams where he starts getting into media production. Um, but, you know, that would go better if he's still a relevant name. Should he get picked up? Yeah, the 49ers should pick him up. Do they want to pay 1-8 to do it or, they, you know, to, to put a claim in on him? Or do they want to try and and wait and pick him up off waivers? Yeah, he, sh- he should absolutely be playing this year. Yeah. Gone poorly for him, man. That's a crazy, crazy number one overall pick. You know, the Browns get Baker Mayfield one year, and the next year it's Joe Burrow. You know, how crazy year to year can go. Sunny days. Good to see you, Sunny days. We got Sack, Sack Mac 01. Sup, sup to you. I got Ernie Mays saying, go Broncos. Always good to see you. Uh, we got GGG saying, good morning. Good to see you, GGG. Uh, we got Chronic saying, average offense. If we had a bad offense, we'd be 10th worst. Not all-time bad. They might have seven wins. <laughs> You're right, Chronic. It's uh, weird. It's unbelievable. And also... I saw Joe. So Jason over the cap uh, out at over the cap, uh, com just did a graphic um, where they, he weighted the offenses and defenses based on the relative strength of schedule. The Broncos have had one of the easier schedules this season for the offense to face. So it's how bad it is. It's actually worse. The we, offense we had- knew that we knew that at the beginning of the season, that this schedule was pretty open, you know, to, to you needed to get off to a seven and one, six and two type of start. Because it got tougher as you moved yep. on at Baltimore, Chiefs, Chiefs, Chargers. You know, it, it doesn't get easier. That's for sure. They haven't played many of the top defenses, if at all. I mean, Tennessee is about the only one that I can think of. And you've already had two games against the Raiders. Funny, the they worst. all look the same, though. Yeah, except the Raiders. They can move the football. Hey, we figured something out only if we played the Raiders every week. We'd lose, but it would be more fun. Jeremy Sean, morning for and the second game, they scored 20 points or no, that they scored only 17, right? 16. Yeah, it was still they, pretty low scoring. The points per drive was good. They they uh, they were moving the ball. It was the stupid Melvin Gordon fumble. 
Uh, we got to get to the topic, but there's so many people want to say hello to Jeremy. Good to see you. Uh, we got Mike Woodward. Uh, we got Michaela coming in here. Good morning. Mika- uh, Michael Ronquillo. Good morning to you. Appreciate you coming in. Um, we got Diamond Rattler in the house saying good morning to us. Alan Forster. I don't recognize this name saying morning, Nick and Scott. How glad are you that we are not in prime time this week? It's a blessing here in the UK. Uh, I'm very thankful. I don't need Russell Wilson or excuse me, <laughs> Russell Patrick Mahomes putting up, you know, a 40 to 10 victory on the Broncos and the Broncos defense since the Bradley Chubb trade has started to regress. I mean, just statistically they had a good game against the Ravens. I told you guys on here, I, I had zero, not respect. That's the wrong word, but I didn't think the Ravens defense was our offense was very scary mm-hmm. and even less scary with Huntley out there. Although Lamar looked pretty banged up, but this is a game that could be pretty ugly. Is Nick wearing pajamas? Holy Diver asks. <laughs> no, it's the, uh, we got to feel a little festive in here. Um, um, I, personally, being on East Coast, it's even worse for you. Being East Coast, I hate these freaking primetime games. My kids and animals don't care how late I am. You're getting up at 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. Um, I'm an early to bed, early to rise kind of guy. And uh, after Sunday's game in Carolina, when we had a 1,000 people in the in the gut reaction I was like, all right, I don't hear any more complaints about early games. Early games are great. Let's let's play these and uh, and get them done. And then, you know, like y'all know, I'm a, I'm a soccer fan, too. You know, I love the 10 a.m. kickoffs for uh, international football, even though I like the 730 ones, to be honest with you. Uh, watch that TR games, 930. I got the rest of my day. I, I love the early games. 9 a.m. Iowa Hawkeye kickoff for that. The four o'clock games I don't particularly like. The yeah. it's like I'd almost rather have it be eight when like my day's done, or you know, or 10 a.m. <laughs> yep. yep, I feel that. Lawrence Rivera saying, "Do you guys think teams are easing up on us?" No. If teams are down, they turn on the Jets and are able to score points. Sounds like they're not going full power. It's almost like they kind of don't want to do us dirty. It's not that they don't want to do us dirty. It's that they are using probabilities to. It's kind of like the Broncos versus the Bengals last year. A lot of the Broncos uh, fans and country, oh my God, we held up pretty good against the Bengals. Look, Jamar Chase did not do very well against Patrick Sertan. The Bengals came into that game turning over the ball like two times a game, and they pretty much just said, you know what? If we do, if we don't turn over the ball, we're going to win this game. We don't think they're going to do anything. It's almost like, what is it, Bobby Boucher when they're sitting on the football in uh, the Bourbon Bowl, you know, that we're going to punt it on first down because your offense is that inept. We talk movies enough. I was thinking forgetting Sarah Marshall with Paul with Kunu giving him the surfing lessons. Do less. Yeah. No, yeah. less. Less than that. Well, you got to do more than that. Less. Do nothing. Nothing. <laughs> uh, yep. It's uh, th- it's it's how teams are playing right now. They know that the only way they're going to lose is if they beat themselves. And that comes via turnovers. So they're going to play more conservative ball control because they know eventually our this Broncos team is just inept enough. They're not going to do anything. Char Baldwin coming in. Thank you so much for the support, Char. We appreciate you. Good morning with the coffee emoji. We'd love to see that. James Hyatt in the house. Good morning to you. We got Ashish coming in saying good morning. Can't wait to hear the end of the season presser from Peyton. That's assuming he's going to be there for the end of the year presser. I know that uh, Benjamin Albright, who's very plugged in, obviously, has said that Peyton is back. I heard following the uh, this last game that it sounded as likely as ever that Peyton might not be back, but we still got five games and things will play out, so we'll see. Um, he says, I'll be really shocked if they keep Hackett and some other coaches for next year. What do you guys think some realistic plans in terms of coaches are? I think the easy one right now to connect dots to is Dan Quinn. Um, my fever dream is Jim Harbaugh because of what he, I mean, everywhere Jim Harbaugh is gone, he definitely is tiring because he's like too intense. But everywhere that goes, they play their asses off and they have an identity. And this team has not had 
either that. And they play their asses off on the offensive side of the ball. They, you have a physical team. And this Broncos offense has just been wet tissue paper for years now. I, I, I would, I crave an identity. Can I just, can we just clone Mike Vrabel? I know that's not a great team. They're not amazing talent, but like that team competes. They're winning in the margins every single week. I want that. I want that so bad. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah, with the turnover, you know, it's harder with veterans. That stuff gets old. It's perfect for college. You know, you have guys three, four years, and you've got a new set of guys come in, and you can keep churning through them, and you've got, you know, your turnover of personalities. It's a little tougher in the NFL game, one, because these guys are grown men, mm -hmm. uh, and two, that, you know, that that same type of voice and drive can get a little, a little old um, over the long haul. But, you know, you get five years of Jim Harbaugh going, you know, with a – 11 and five type of winning percentage. You're pretty happy. <laughs> yeah. So all he's done is win. He's a pretty good football coach. Literally all he's done is win NFL level and college level. I mean, he's not re recruiting like Ohio state does. And those teams have a talent disadvantage, especially on the perimeter. They're not, don't get me wrong. They're extremely talented, but as he far as Ohio Stanford, state, he won at Stanford, turned Stanford into a West coast power for several years. I yeah. mean, where, where have they been since? I mean, he won at Stanford, you know, you should win at Michigan, but, you know, they had lost, you know, 18 of 20 to Ohio State. Now he's beat them twice in a row, including in Columbus. Um, they're in, you know, I saw what they did with the 49ers. He's he's a good football coach. He really is. Yep, I would. And probably with Jim Harbaugh, if you were going to bring him in, it doesn't like the Colts are interested there. If you are bringing in Jim Harbaugh, you are firing George Payton because I'm guessing it's going to be the power dynamic relationship that we saw similar to I guess the one that I can think of is uh the Raiders with John Gruden and Mike Mayock where yes you have a general manager he does not have final roster say he is not the boss of the head Belichick? coach the head... I mean, yeah. is that is that similar to Belichick it's like listen yep. here's here are the guys I want go get them yep you know you handle you handle this this is what I want um so you know you're you're the the general manager president of football operations and head coach you know where you're the boss but you know you can't be the one that's doing all the general manager duties, negotiating contracts and doing all that type of stuff. Yeah. This one's come in twice. Uh, so I want to, cause I wanted to hit on it now that I see it again, I want to make sure. Um, Chad asks uh, thoughts on Stetson Bennett, the university of Georgia quarterback. And uh, Nick, I want to hear what you have to think. I think he's a great story. Um, walk on quarterback at Georgia and running the offense in a way that, you know, utilizing those two, tight ends. I mean, Georgia, Georgia's tight ends are better than probably any team's tight end duo in the NFL, as far as their long-term prospects, maybe not like in a single season, but they have two first round tight ends in Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers, who's probably a top 10 pick in 2024. He's insane. Uh, but Stenson, he's done a great job from a uh, former walk-on to Georgia. I think he's seems you talked about earlier, you know, the players when you have a really dynamic player who scored seven touchdowns in high school, but then nobody celebrated with him. Stenson Bennett throws a first down and the whole sideline runs to him. Um, so it's, <laughs> he's definitely seems like a beloved player um, on that Georgia team. I think he's going to be a great backup. I think you probably are talking like seventh round selection kind of thing where you bring him in and he can come in and be, you know, a glue guy in that room. Uh, definitely going to work and, you know, keep everybody accountable in that regard. But he is a, uh, I don't think he's an NFL starter. I don't see the the frame, the the athleticism, the arm talent. Uh, he's personally. a pretty good athlete. He can run. Yeah, but he's he's it's kind of a scrawny run, and it's not like dynamic like a like a twitch that you see with like a Kyler Murray or something. Like he can. No, but I'm thinking best case scenario. Who's a guy that's undersized? 
overlooked, makes all the throws, and can run. Best case, the absolute plus version of this is a Russell Wilson, who dropped to what, the third or fourth round? I don't see the arm talent um, with yeah, that. I, I don't think he's quite as strong, um, but he's he can make a bunch of throws. I think he's getting overlooked as a prospect because he's short and was a former walk-on, among other things. Yeah, I see him as more of like a Tyler Heineke kind of player yeah. which is I, I, he should have a, i agree with nick though he should have a, a pro career for as long oh. as he wants one yep um again because the quarterback position in the nfl is just it's so bad the the throwers just aren't there uh get into reasons why later if you want to but it, the, the 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 passing offenses and the throwers just aren't good and he can throw you know and, yeah. and he's he's really mobile um a lot better athlete than he gets credit for yeah, and I'll, I'll at some point do a deep dive on him as well. This is more of a watching the entire games versus focusing on him. But, uh, you know, the sniff test, the eye test, uh, doesn't come off as a guy that you want to hit your wagon to as far as a traits perspective in the NFL. And uh, and you can call me but overzealous, maybe that's wrong, or overreactionary, but the 2018 draft did a number on me. Um, I thought that... Uh, Josh Rosen was going to be a solid quarterback, you know, looking for that pocket cerebral passer who can feather the ball to things. And I thought Josh Allen, I loved him coming into that season. And then he really struggled at Wyoming that last year. I'm like, Oh man, super inaccurate. I saw him live versus Iowa and he was turfing the football. (laughs) It was rough. And those two quarterbacks careers couldn't have gone opposite, more opposite directions. So now I'm like, okay, tools, tools, tools Mm -hmm. with the caveat that they have, the intangibles. They need to be a, the hardest worker in the room. They need to be super smart and driven. Tools without those things do nothing for me. Um, but I think you do have to have the tools the and the tangible evidence that I can see on the tape before I want to invest that first round pick in you and do that uh, the research to see if you have those other things. When I'm out there watching them live, I watch them drop back and hit the opposite hash on a 20-yard out route. Yep. There's my, are you first, are you a day one or a an afterthought? quarterback and if they can do that then they've got a chance uh and dom says joe burrow is not that big or fast um joe burrow is six four he's he's plenty big <laughs> stetson awesome. bennett is five listed five eleven he'll probably come in closer to five ten which is russell wilson kyler murray territory he ain't anywhere near kyler murray um no. you know as a runner kyler murray is one of the best football players i ever laid eyes on or bryce um, young another one who's much more twitchy dynamic yeah, play me, and and, uh, and and I think he's got you know better arm too. You know, Bryce Young's closer to someone like a Patrick Mahomes, and I think he's still probably over six feet tall. He's probably six one. Um, I don't think of him as five eleven, but uh, you know, like I said, best case that I'm thinking of as a comp would be Russell Wilson for for Stetson Bennett. It's going to be really funny at the Heisman to see Stenson Bennett and Bryce Young standing next to Caleb Williams, just for the the frame perspective. Um, last one here, Joe Burrow ain't that big or fast. Joe Burrow was a pretty dynamic high school uh, basketball player, from what I recall. He's not out there running in the open field. He's six four. The dude's twitchy. Um, he's amazing in the pocket. But yeah, Joe Burrow's he's incredible. Um, so let's get into this topic now that we have twenty minutes left. Should I stay or should I go? Um, we have a list of players here. Should we pull it up for the visual medium here, or do you want to uh, just run through the list? We can just go we'll through run. the names, because I think this will okay. be, uh, we're talking about free agents. I think there's 28 or so, maybe, free agents. And a bunch of them are like, you know, like that, those kind of back end of the roster guys. So, But yeah, but we can look at them and say, okay, it's like, okay, this guy stinks. Well, he's not paid anything. 
You know, so is he a good backup filler? Would you want him back at a similar price as opposed to Draymond's numbers are going to exponentially increase Mm -hmm. guys that are doing a job like Alex Singleton will be a name that we'll hit too. But right at the very top of the list is Calvin Anderson, offensive tackle, 26 years old, two and a half million dollars, unrestricted free agent. This one has a big caveat on it for me. Um, He's been okay out there at left tackle. I know that a lot of fans like him because he's accessible via social media. And if, you know, some people, if, you know, the NFL player responds to you, oh, he's he's great now. Um, But he's been fine out there. He's definitely well below average for starting level. But I think you can get away with it for a year. The question comes, do you want to take massive savings moving on from Garrett Bowles? If you are thinking Garrett Bowles is not in your plans in the future, bringing Calvin Anderson back for cheap makes sense. If you are not having Garrett Bowles in your plans for 2023, I think you have better options for your swing tackle that offer more versatility. I mean, the big thing with Calvin Anderson is that they tried him at right tackle and he struggled. I mean, they were, he was way down the list at right tackle. You don't want him to start. He's pretty pigeonholed uh, to that left tackle spot, which is not good for a depth piece. You need your depth guys to be able to play two spots in the offensive line, maybe even three or four. And the fact that he is not a versatile piece out there, much more comfortable and uh, technical at left tackle makes me think that he's less valuable. But again, if you're moving on from Garrett Bowles, then we have a conversation. I think we can do better than that. Um, we'll go down because a lot of the guys that we're talking about, and I've said six, that's the number I've talked about. I want three free agent signings and I want three draft picks going into the offensive line. And most of the guys we're going to talk about that are your highest priced free agents, which they're not that expensive. They are offensive linemen. Number two, 31 years old, Billy Turner, two and a half million dollars. Yeah, um, it's a bummer you got hurt. Um, I think that he'd have been solid this season, but uh, Nathaniel Hackett's probably gone. We don't know what the scheme is next year. Just too injured. Um, so uh, no way. Can't rely on him. Nope, no way. Nope, I need I need you to be out there. So Billy Turner, uh, sorry it didn't work out. Tom Compton, guard, 33 years old, $2.25 million. Uh, before we talk about getting rid of him, was he ever here? Did anybody actually see him? Was he ever actually there? He's gone. Bye-bye. He's gone. Yep. That's one we don't have to spend too much time on. So those two (laughs) right tackles the Broncos tried to bring in, gone, gone, gone. The next one, uh, Kareem Jackson, going to be 35 years old here pretty soon. I think that he's gone as well. You can probably bring in a cheap veteran to provide depth. And I think this is Caden Stern's spot for the taking next season. Uh, So I think that Kareem Jackson is gone. He's been a fun player for the Broncos, but uh, father time's caught up. He is cheap. He is on just $2 million. He's not costing you anything financially. He's costing you with his play on the field right now. And and Kareem, it's probably time to think about retiring. He's made a pile of money. He's his legacy is secured in this, in this, uh, in this game. Um, you know, if you want to keep playing somewhere, you can probably find someone to pay you $2 million and play some more, but dude, the way he throws his body around there, I want to see him when he's 50 being healthy, you know, yeah, Yep. It's, 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 it's probably about time. Mike Boone running okay, so back this, 27 years old, uh, $2 million. This is one where it's, there's some specifics to this, uh, for me, at least I think it's, this is what you do with running backs that are entering this phase of their career. If you don't get the guy that you liked in the draft and you don't like your running back room, you circle back to the running backs that are available and then pick one up. It's what the Broncos did with Melvin Gordon. He was a post draft addition, uh, the Broncos have to add a running back next season, uh, period, point blank, end of story, probably two. 
Um, so I'm guessing they're going to bring in a okay uh, free agent and then draft one as well. But let's say the draft doesn't work out for you the way you want, or there's another player that's there. I mean, the draft is unpredictable. You know, you you never know. You can do 10 billion mock drafts and it's going to play out differently every single time. So uh, Mike Boone is one that you don't want to be dependent on. If you can bring him back for cheap as your third running back, he's had injury issues, but he's he can be a dynamic runner. I'm really curious. He's the player I'm most curious to watch down the stretch here uh, for the Broncos because they need him because I cannot take Latavius Murray running for two yards of carry, running into a brick wall anymore. But uh, I think you circle back if you are really unhappy with your running back room, but there's going to be like a lot of guys that are similar to him. It's just like the the type. Mike Boone can come back on a minimum. I mean, he yeah. got a two-year, $4 million contract, which is excellent money. I, I looked it up and there was only like, there are, I can't remember exactly the numbers, but th- the point was there were most of the teams are only like five teams that were paying a backup running back more than they were paying. than Mike Boone was getting paid as the number three, who hasn't done anything in two years yeah. as the Denver Broncos. The guy's a legend for, Oh, every time I see him, he's great. Really both times the, the six carries he's had, you know, he hasn't done anything. Uh, he was overpaid on a $4 million contract. If you want to bring him back as an RB three, then pay him $300,000. Okay. That's, that's fine, but he's just no. So bye. I can, I can do better for that kind of money. And I I might need it to pour it into my RB two, who I might need to elevate to one four or $5 million is big money. That's, that's what I'm getting from Melvin Gordon and Mike Boone to put into a running back next year. And then I can draft a guy who's not getting paid anything. That's, that's a lot of money for a running back. Dalton Reisner, 27 years old. He is on $1.8 million coming off of his rookie contract. I think he's probably gone. Uh, personally, I think somebody's going to value him more than Denver will. He's one that I feel like there's, I've heard conflicting things on as well. Uh, but he had re- a recent interview talking about, you know, enjoying these last games with the Broncos and everything. So it does sound like he's somebody who thinks he's going to be gone and holy guacamole. Deanna Hendry, I saw Deanna on Twitter the other day liking some of my posts. Good to see you on the old uh, bird app, but holy moly, even good, better, gooder to see this coming in. $200, my God, Merry Christmas. This is why I wear the Christmas sweater. Um, I can have to get another one now uh, saying, morning, glad to catch you. Off to work. Have a great day. MHH for life. God bless you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you, Deanna. I hope you saw, I'm going to I'm gonna flash this again just for Deanna. You come in red like that and I'm going to, I'm going to show your, uh, show your name again. Um let me see share screen i'm gonna share screen two pop that up there number one you're gonna have to update your picture though it it can be a dog if you don't want to see your face you want to maintain your anonymity it can be your favorite player uh if you do that then i'll update your picture here on the top five scoreboard but this is december you came in hot in in november for us and have done the same kicking it off happy holidays however you may celebrate uh I hope it's a, a great time of year for you. It certainly made ours better as well. So thank you so much and have an excellent day at work. Yeah, man. Amazing. Thank you so much. Huh. Well, uh, uh, I think Dalton Reisner has gone. Um, yeah. I, and honestly, the I didn't hear the context of it. So I'm going off quotes out of context, which can be a very dangerous thing. Hearsay here where he was a little upset that he didn't get, he hasn't been offered a contract extension. And Nick, for me, that is so we talk about tunnel vision sometimes that is so bubbled in and so out of touch with reality of what's going on in Broncos country to be talking about a new contract when you're three and eight 
and your offensive line is getting your butt kicked and you're upset that you're not getting offered to stay. You, you should all be looking over your shoulders to see if you're getting tapped to being waived. Every single freaking one of you. I, I think that speaks to the mindset of this team. And I think it's a very bad thing, Nick. I really did. When I heard that, I'm like, I mean, I haven't been a Dalton. I didn't see the good Dalton Reisner. He built up absolutely zero goodwill with me. I saw him starting last year and he hasn't been very good. Yeah. In, in the two years I've been watching him, he hasn't been very good. Yep. And to come in and then say, well, I'm surprised I haven't gotten a contract extension. I'm surprised you're still starting. I, I am. Yeah. That it speaks volumes to the mentality of this team, and it's bad. It's very bad. You need Deion Sanders coming in there telling guys to hit the transfer portal because they're coming for your job. Um, we got uh, two tight ends here, uh, three tight ends. I'm just going to lump them all together for the time's sake because I think the answer is very similar. Uh, Eric Tomlinson, Andrew Beck, tight end fullback, and Eric Saubert. I could see them bringing back one of these guys just to help fill the room out, but they're all like generic zero war players that are, you know, you can find every single free agency cycle at the tight end position. That's kind of what the tight end position is coming for 95% of the tight ends in the league. So uh, if they wanted to bring back one of these guys, that's fine. I think Salbert's probably the one I'm most interested in because he has shown the best ability so far to be the Y. Tomlinson's been no showing in that regard. Uh, but if you were more interested in a fullback type, I could see them bringing Andrew Beck, but all of them are just meh for me. You got to, I think you need, you're looking for competition there, uh, but this helps keep the room at least steady. Cam Fleming, I agree with you. You can; those are just guys. We want to talk. You know, the the Jags. If you ever hear that Jag, just a guy or just another guy, the Jag. And if there were ever Jags, here they are, right here. Yeah. Um, you know, and each of them's making over a million. Cam Fleming, thirty years old, one point three million offensive tackle. I feel like he is much better than people are giving him credit uh, for his ability. Now, I don't want him to be. I'm not saying pay this guy a huge contract. He's just starting right tackle for the next five years, but a two year, $5 million contract for him to come in and compete at your right tackle with a rookie and then be your swing tackle. I mean, he was first in line to be the left tackle before Calvin Anderson out there. Uh, there was some talk of him playing at guard as well. A backup that can play four spots. that's playing this well. I mean, that's, I think that's fine. I'd be very happy to bring back Cam Fleming just to add versatility and, depth to the room again i feel like i was listening or talking to some people like oh the broncos have to draft a right tackle i think it's more of a conversation of tackle is as much because of the unknown in the future at right tackle as it is garrett bowles and his contract um garrett bowles is playing bad to start this season so i guess i'm probably the biggest cam fleming out there i don't hear anybody else talking about how he's been competent this season maybe you as well but uh i'd be very happy to bring him back as a backup no the, the kids are home today on election day because the school gets used and i hear some bad stuff going on upstairs <laughs> dad's gonna stay down here in the basement and work and shut the door uh it's much safer down here uh, i would bring cam fleming back in a heartbeat 1.2 i would double his salary to 2.5 and have him be my number three my number three guard my number three offensive tackle being my sixth offensive lineman basically yep. for that kind of money with that kind of reliability i think that is a very wise investment cam fleming buy i'm bringing him back buy as in like be you buy, <laughs> but in soccer we call it buy or sell. I'm yeah. buying. I'm buying uh, Cam Fleming. I would. I would give him um, a nice raise to two, um, and see what you know. He might. If anybody else is paying attention, he might get more than that from uh, from on the, uh, as a free agent. That brings us to uh, Deshaun Williams, 30 years old right now, um, just about to turn 30, so 29. Mm -hmm. So he play as a 30 year old. One point one six 
I'd be interested in bringing him back as a depth piece. I think a lot of it is going to depend on the scheme. I think he is much better in a gap that is far more single uh, gapping penetration penetration style that we've seen from the Broncos this year than a Tennessee Titans, New England Patriots, Vic Fangio-esque style front, which is more gap and a half or two gapping. So uh, I'd be okay with it. He's been playing pretty well down the stretch here. I, again, I don't love him as a starter, but I, and I think a, a big caveat is this is also somebody we haven't talked about yet, Draymond Jones. If you let Draymond Jones walk, bringing back Deshaun Williams for an f- unbelievable fraction of what Draymond gets, it, I think is on the table, at least to help you know solidify the room some. If you're paying Draymond Jones big money, it's probably harder to also then pay Deshaun Williams. I'm bringing Deshaun Williams back at, at 1.16. You know, even if he's at 1.5 and I give him a nice 40, 50% raise to be my first guy off the bench. You know, that's good. That's that's not even overly expensive backup money. That's solid backup money. That's where he should be. I mean, you're like, okay, why aren't we getting better from our defensive line? Okay, well, I'm paying 1.1 for one of my starting defensive linemen. You, you get what you pay for in that spot. And what he is is a very good reserve. And on the defensive line, you need those guys because they rotate in more than anybody on the deal, more than anybody. Ron coming in, rotating right in. He says, eight years old and a Broncos fan since before Scott was born. It's been a long time, man. You saw some good times with uh, with the Denver Broncos before I was born. Yeah. The only time I've been more depressed about the outlook of this team was when McDaniels took over and essentially fired all the best players. The only way is up, Broncos for life. Yeah, the, the bounce back, and appreciate you coming in, Ron. The bounce back yeah. might not happen as quickly as you'd like based on the draft and the salary cap situation. But but it'll come. It's it's yeah. it's cyclical. This has just been a longer period of down than Broncos country has ever been through before. Yeah, that's the big like we had Josh McDaniels and that sucked. But you had the second overall pick, which led you to Von Miller. That's what's different about that situation than this one. You're gonna see a very talented, highly rated recruit head o- recruit prospect head over to Seattle, which makes it tougher to swallow. Now I. I am begging the Broncos to win a couple games here or one game here down the stretch, because I think if you give the Seahawks a top three pick, we're going to be very, very, very sad. I think there's a massive mark of demarcation right now, prospect wise from the top three picks to the fourth pick and on, because there's one quarterback right now that I think is going to go number one, Bryce young. And then there are two superstar defensive prospects. If you send Jalen Carter or Will Anderson to the Seahawks, Holy bleep. Like that, that hurts. There's the shot coming off CJ Stroud a little bit. I see him like mocked down into the teens now. And I just don't see him following that far, falling that far. He is falling because he is erratic versus pressure and uh, not a playmaker at the quarterback position. He did pretty much. I mean, anytime you see him get guys in his face or have to like move to make plays, it's crumbled for him a bit. Uh, So I think he is falling a tad. I think, I wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, some teams like Will Levis or Anthony Richardson more than him because of the Jared Goff esque skill set that, um, which is fine in a very play action heavy scheme, but the Jared Jared Goff comparison that you see with uh, CJ Stroud. Money Moore comes and he says the future's bleak. Can we get an MHH karaoke stream? You should see us before we actually hit the go live. Nick and Chad are both very talented musicians, and I like to think I can sing a little bit, but I don't sing in front of anybody else to find out that I can't. So I still have that dream in my head. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, so uh, a karaoke stream might be a little tough. Appreciate you coming in with the uh, coming in blue money with the with the super chat. 
Um, Latavius Murray, running back, 33. He'll be 33, $1.12 million. Yeah, he's. Bye, thank man. you for coming in and playing your butt off in an emergency, but he's 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 gone. Uh, Alex Singleton, he's 28 and change right now. He's playing on 1.1, buy or sell. I would buy Alex Singleton. Uh, he's playing good football right now, and I do not believe in investing massive resources at the linebacker position. The Broncos are going cheap at that position this year and they're still fielding one of the better defenses uh so i'd be interested in bringing him back you know two years 3.5 million or two years on a one-year contract and maybe come up a little bit you know i mean you you were able to get him for relatively nothing and 1.15 for the way he's playing is a bargain and for a Mm -hmm. good special teams player and backup that's really good money you've got you've got quality there that's quality depth is what he can provide even if you're looking for a little bit more um you know, more dynamic play from the linebacker position, you can still, that's not hurting you at all. Draymond Jones, 25, defensive end, defensive lineman. He is on $1 million right now and is probably in line to hit teens. Ah, This is the hardest one. This is the hard, I, I think Draymond Jones is great, but the question is, how great is he? Is he is he worth paying a top five interior defensive line contract? And also, does paying him make sense with the current version of this Broncos team? In hindsight, uh, I almost wonder if it had been better if the Broncos could have found a trade partner for him this offseason to flip him because this team seems like they are not going to be contenders next season, probably not in 2024 either, given the lack of draft capital and the contract hit with Russell Wilson, barring Russell Wilson turning into what he was, but I think that's less likely to happen than likely. So uh, I think right now we're heading towards a Draymond Jones tag. And maybe then you extend that negotiation window. It could be a tag and trade in the off season. Could be a tag and trade at the trade deadline next year as well. I mean, we saw, oh, nobody's going to want him with just one year left. Bradley Chubb was playing on the fifth year option and you got a first round pick for him and then they tossed him money. Um, So if you still have control, I think you can do better than that third round compensatory pick that you'd probably get. But you won't get it because you'll end up signing your own free agent and it'll end up balancing itself off. You know, I just don't think you're going to get that. So you can't count on that. Um, I I think the tag and trade right away because him playing on a, another team, if if it still struggles, his value is going to drop, you know, his value might be as high. I feel like it peaked and it's already coming down a little bit just based on after Chubb's gone and Randy Gregory's been out. The team is thinking he, he's not who he, you know, he, his value is coming down some. Fast forward another 10 months, and I don't think your best option if you tag him to trade him would be in the offseason, I, I believe. Um, we're running a little bit low on time, so I'm just going to run through some names. And you tell me who you would want to bring back. All these guys are between about 700000 and a million. Just say, you know, just wait and say, say, I want to keep him. Cornerback, I'll- Darius Phillips. See ya. Running back, Marlon Mack. See ya. Quarterback, Brett Rippon. See ya. Uh, linebacker, Dakota Allen. Who? See ya. <laughs> Safety, PJ Locke. Maybe. He's one that I could maybe see bringing back. Only 25 years old. He's a restricted free agent also. We just got to the RFAs, so the Broncos can put a third-round tender on him or second-round tender, or I don't know if he's that valuable, actually. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, but we're, either way. We're in the restricted. Yeah. Um, PJ's a PJ's a good piece to the team. Yep. Um, at nine hundred thousand for a solid for a core special teams player, uh, who can come in and hopefully you know and and, and can provide backup depth in the defensive secondary. Saying Bassey, twenty four years old, nine hundred grand. 
see ya. He so? uh, just yeah, he's he's okay out there, but the Broncos had him on the practice squad. You can find yourself in a saying Bassey out there every year. I mean, if they bring him back, it's fine, but it's there are 10 billion saying Bassies out there. Jonas Griffith, 25 year old linebacker, 800,000. You're bringing him back because I believe he's an exclusive rights free agent. So mm-hmm. you, uh, he's back. Corliss Waitman, 770,000. Okay. He's, he's a see ya, but as an exclusive rights free agent, he's probably back in terms of the competition, uh, in the 90 man roster until you trim it down to 53. Hopefully you're bringing in competition that beats him out. Cause he's been bad this year, but because he's an exclusive rights, which what does that mean for those at home? The Broncos can offer him a tender and he either signs it or retires from the football, the league <laughs> very exclusive. Those rights are, I guess. Uh, but uh, I think that's definitely a conversation. And then uh, finally long snapper, Jacob Bobin Meyer. Bobin Meyer. I mean, he's not been great this year for a long yeah, time. I mean, like so. again, that's, it's not like a core guy that's been with the team for 10 years, but that's it. That's your list of free agents, everybody. Uh, <coughs> um, did you agree with me about the chat real quick? Melissa, yeah. we were looking at it. So you can take a look as well. And then I'm going to cough. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, three more guys that we want to talk about real quick. Maybe we should save this um, because it's, it's a little bit, we're already at an hour and I think yeah. we, these guys deserve a, deeper dive uh into their com into their contracts and those three i guess a little teaser would be garrett bowles uh ronald darby and graham glasgow uh so those three can create a lot of cap and honestly nick after looking at ronald um at justin simmons contract it's almost identical to garrett bowles let's throw him in there as well it's an 18 and 8 next year which is almost exactly what garrett bowles has they're similar in age I'm going to throw Justin Simmons in this mix too. When we, we talk on Thursday about contracts, possible restructures and moving on and or trades for a possible rebuild for the Denver Broncos. I am looking at it right now, just cause I'm, I'm curious. It's, it's a great live radio here. So Garrett Bowles, you can move on from him. Oh, Justin Simmons, 10 million dead, 7 million saved. Oh, his Garrett- is 18 and 10 Bowles is 18 and eight. I've seen it. The post release dead cap would be 8 million cap savings. would be 10 million for bulls. And for Justin Simmons, it's 10 million dead, 7 million saved. So you save about the same, but the dead cap is different by about 3 million. Hmm. So similar ish, uh, but definitely yeah, closer than I thought. Yeah, absolutely. So I did want to say hello to some people. I showed them real quick, but we were trying to get on out of here. Uh, we got Jay Drebin coming in morning. We got Chris McKay coming in morning. Uh, we got Michael Frady coming in. Hi from work. Good to see you. Uh, Jay uh, Drebin coming in saying, can we beat Kansas City this week? In the possibilities of the multiverse, anything can happen. Um, I remember the year the Kansas City Chiefs had the number one overall pick. Green Bay, which was on fire, came into town and Kansas City beat them. So <laughs> things happened. Last year, the Jags went into Buffalo and beat the Bills. I think it was in Buffalo. So anything can happen in the NFL, um, but wouldn't bet on it. Austin Ryder, good to see you. And Ryan Main saying, haven't been able to catch you guys live, but watched you a bunch this year. Well, thank you, Ryan. Thanks for coming Appreciate in. Appreciate it, Ryan. Late. And uh, you're great. Um, he says, y'all on late today. Yep, we're getting on out of here, Austin. So appreciate <laughs> you so much. Um, we've been starting a little bit closer just because we do another show on on two of the three days. We've been starting about 35 at, on, yeah. on the hour. So instead of 30, we've been starting at about 35. And then we typically go about an hour and change anyway. So yep. yeah, you can, you can catch us. We'll be here about an hour. And uh, catch us again tonight. Yep, it'll be Scott and I again tonight. Uh, we'll have to think about what we're going to talk about because um, right now, the how much do you want to reflect on that Ravens game? <laughs> Painful. 
Um, but and Bam X says, we enjoy the shows that run late. Well, we appreciate that. And also, we circle back on the comments. If you guys have anything for us, make sure you hit us on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. And also, that's Phil McLaughlin on Twitter there, or on Facebook, uh, dropping us the stars. Thank you so much, Phil. We appreciate you always coming in and supporting us. Merry Christmas to us, helping us out. Also, if you guys are following Scott and I on Twitter, follow our podcast account and live stream account at BFB underscore pod. Easy to remember. Broncos for breakfast, BFB underscore pod. I wish Chad would have used the number four there, but I digress. And uh, at Mile High Huddle, uh, easy to find us on Twitter. If you're on Facebook, like Phil McLaughlin was there, make sure you're joining our Facebook accounts at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And number one way you can reach us uh, for these shows is on YouTube. Please, if you're joining us on YouTube today, subscribe to the channel. Uh, like the show, whether on Facebook or YouTube. I see we got 23 in here. We can do better than that. There's way more eyeballs than likes, so drop a like on the way out if you're on Facebook. Also, drop a like on uh, YouTube if you can, and subscribe. Uh, we have, I don't think anybody brings you the volume of audio-visual content covering the Broncos than Mile High Huddle. We have show after show after show, and if you don't like Scott and I, you know, we're a little bit too pasty fools up here, you know, talking about yards after catch over expected and stuff, then, you know, hang, hang out with Chad and Zach. Or, call that the yakky yakoey. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, there's a lot of different shows, a lot of different flavors. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to us as well. And that would help us a lot. Uh, that's number one thing. Also, if you like the show, share it on your social media channels. I see some friends of the show, share the channel, share the episodes on their Facebook account on Broncos, Facebook groups. Y'all are angels for doing that. We really appreciate that uh, because we like to think that we offer different perspectives and uh, a little fun way on this. And Jeremy says, pasty. I haven't seen the sun in two months, Jeremy. It's dark here. I am a pasty one <laughs> right now. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I thought it was the funniest thing I could say about us. Um, and Ernie Mays coming in and saying, you guys are the greatest. Uh, no, Ernie, you're the greatest. Number one Bronco fan, Broncos only. I love that. Ernie should make his own podcast called Broncos only. Um, but uh, you guys have a great one. Scott and I will see you again tonight in six or uh, 10 hours, 11 hours. Um, but you guys have a great one. Have a great Tuesday and we'll see you later. Choose kindness and compassion too. Always don't forget. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.